So today is Good Friday. And um, I hope it hasn't escaped the, you, the, the irony of, of calling this Good Friday, right? That's fairly unprecedented uh, to call the horrific death of an innocent man uh, and look back on that and say, that's a good thing. But I mean, what, what do we do when uh, some horrific thing happens? We, we erect memorials, right? We may create, you know, plaques that say, never forget. We never want this to happen again. This is awful. This is terrible, right? We look back on Tuesday, September 11, 2001, and we do not call it Good Tuesday. It's not a good Tuesday. It's a horrific Tuesday. My dad died on a Tuesday. I don't, I don't look at May 1st, 2012 and say, that's a good Tuesday. It's a terrible memory. I look back and I mourn. I look back and I'm sad. I look back and I love my dad. I know he's with Jesus, all those things, right? But I, I don't look back and go, that's good. Man, that makes me happy. But we do with Jesus. I don't know, maybe the apostles would be offended by this. I don't know, they didn't call it Good Friday, but we do, but, but I think not. Because what's amazing about it is if you look back and you look at what the New Testament writers did as they looked back on this, this Friday, this thing when this happened, when Jesus was, was crucified, they don't look back and say, that was the worst day of my life. They don't look back and wail and mourn as they recount, as they reflect, as they thought about that Good Friday. They look back and they do things like we just did just now. They glory. They look back and they say, we can't believe this. They don't see weakness. They see power. They see goodness. They see things that I don't think you can see unless you have the spiritual eyes to see them. I, I think about Paul. Let me, let me just read this. This is amazing, right? I mean, I'm, I'm going to use Paul as our example of somebody who looks back, who knew that Jesus was crucified, and he looks back, and in 1 Corinthians 18, he says, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to, the, the, to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. He's going to say it again in verse 23, right? It's, it's foolishness to the Gentiles. It's a stumbling block to the Jews. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. He's going to get to chapter 2 and said, man, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the, t- the testimony of God with lofty speech and wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is how he speaks. And then he says something absolutely stunning that we really just sang in song in Galatians chapter 6. This is where this comes from. Verse 14, he says, far be it from me. This is Paul talking. Far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now just stop and think about that. I want to boast in the cross. I want to glory. I, I want to, I want, this is, this is the greatest passion of my life. This is the thing that I want to brag about more than anything. There's nothing else in my life that I want to brag about but the cross of Christ. 
John Piper says, this is like saying only boast in the electric chair. Only boast in the gas chamber. Only rejoice in lethal injection. This is Paul's one all-consuming passion. The cross of Jesus. Now just imagine, this is a brutal execution. I, I don't need to go into all the details, right? This is, this is an unbelievable torture that was invented probably by the Persians, adopted by the Romans to execute uh, hardened, horrific criminals. Like you'll even talk about, you'll hear, read about in, in Scripture, and uh, Barabbas is one of those. And it was so awful that I imagine that if you and I had been there on that day and had seen anybody crucified, let alone Jesus, we, we couldn't have watched like we, we would have been shuddering. We would have been like, like I, 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 can't, I can't look at this. This is too awful. It's too brutal. And Paul says, I boast about it. What if, what if instead of this right here, there was an electric chair? What if around your necklace, your neck right now, you had a little miniature electric chair hanging around there? Would that be weird? Now you know exactly what's going on. Paul, I mean, this, you didn't talk about like this in polite company in Roman culture. Oh, the cross. Oh, crucified. Oh, yeah. You didn't, you didn't even mention it. It was rude. It was, it was base language. And Paul's saying, I boast about it. I can't shut up about it. I can't shut up about the electric chair that Jesus took. Why does he do this? Why does Paul do this for the same reason that we call this Good Friday? For the same reason that we sang this song when I was a kid, and many of you know it, redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed by His infinite mercy, His child and forever I am. Because it's good. See, this is the cross that caused Paul to boast. This is the cross that makes today good because listen to me, if you are a Christian, every good thing that comes to you is because of the cross. Do you know that? See, apart from the cross, hear me. Apart from the cross, sinners get judgment. Apart from the cross, there's only condemnation. Apart from the cross, you don't get mercy, you get judgment. Apart from the cross, you get justice. Apart from the cross, the penalty for your sins has not been paid. Apart from the cross, you don't get God. Apart from the cross, you don't get heaven, you get hell. Everything that comes to us comes because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, I boast in this. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Everything you enjoy as a Christian is owing to the death of Jesus. Do you understand that the blessings of your life are not your birthright? Do you understand God owes you nothing? God is not obligated 
to do one thing for you. He's not obligated to give you breath, to give you life, to give you health, to give you food, to give you joy, right? To give you marriages, to give you houses over your head, to give you children, to give you the, 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 that, that pleasant, you know, Southern California weather that we got to enjoy today. He doesn't have to do any of that, but he does. He does. How kind of him. And he doesn't do it, by the way, for people that are just kind of neutral toward him. Right? You understand this? All, all those things I just described? He doesn't do those to people that just kind of like, you know, God, I think he's a pretty good guy. He does it. We just, Katie just read it. While we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. One will scarcely die for a righteous person. But perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us. And that while we're still sinners, he died for us. He comes to people who've fallen short of the glory of God. We've rejected him. We've done exactly what Isaiah said. He was despised. He was rejected of men. He was ignored. We, we, we repudiated him. We belittled his glory. We, we treat him with apathy. We live our lives without reference to God. We live our lives as though we're self-made men and women. God had nothing to do with this. I'm not a recipient of the blessings of God. I did all this for myself and we utterly ignore and belittle him. And still he seeks us. And he dies for people like that. And the Bible says that because of that, the wrath of God is kindled against us. Justly. We don't deserve mercy. We deserve judgment. We deserve condemnation so that every breath that I take into my lungs, every beat of my heart, every morning I wake up to the sunshine, every bit of joy that I have in my day, every sound that comes into a working ear and sight that comes into a working eye and feeling in fingertips that can actually feel things and, and, and things that I can taste and see all of this is, for, is, 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 is God's mercy, undeserved grace to undeserving sinners. Do you understand this? So, so every one of those, the fact that your eardrums are moving right now as I speak and and, and I'm speaking in a way that you can understand and you can see me with two eyes that work. The very fact of that is, a, is an opportunity for you to boast in the cross. God, you did this for me. So because if you're a believer, if you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, if you're saved from your sin, then all of those things came to you through the cross. Apart from the cross, there is only judgment. No wonder. Paul says, I only boast in that. 
This is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. But what happens when the cross is your only boast? Paul goes on and he says this, far be it for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Because of the cross, that is the means by which now I'm dead to the world and the world is dead to me. When I see the cross for all it is, the world holds no allure for me. I don't need their approval. I don't need the world to validate me. I'm I'm not overpowered by the lure of the things in the world. This is my singular passion. This is the greatest thing that ever has or will in all eternity happen to me, happen to you if you're a follower of Jesus. So Paul says, I boast in the cross of Christ. Or think about Romans chapter six. Listen to this. And and listen carefully. I mean, Katie just read you Romans chapter five, but listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter six and listen to all the things that come to you, Christian, because, because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Paul says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound by no means? How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him, in, the death, in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him and that the body of sin may be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For the one who has died is set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe we should also live with him. We know that Christ has been raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Paul goes, you know what you get? His death is your death. You don't have to die. You died with him on the cross. You don't have to die an eternal death. His death is your death. But not only that, that means the old self is gone. It's been buried. I'm no longer, Paul says, enslaved to sin. Do you see that? The power of sin is broken over my life. I am now set free. And he paid for sin, Christian, once for all. Do you know what this means? You don't have to pay for your sins ever again. You never have to wonder about those past sins that that bring you shame. They're all paid for. They're all gone. So when Satan tempts you to despair and tells you of 
the guilt within, upward you look and see him there who made an end of all your sin. Because the sinless Savior died, your sinful soul is counted free. For God the just was satisfied to look on him and pardon me. Let me, let me stop with this. Martin Luther wrote this. This is why it's Good Friday. When the devil tells us we're sinners and therefore damned, we may answer, because you say, I'm a sinner, I will be righteous and saved. Then the devil will say, no, you will be damned. And I will reply, no, for I fly to Christ who has given himself for my sins. Therefore, Satan, you will not prevail against me when you try to tell, terrify me by telling me how great my sins are and try to reduce me to despair. On the contrary, when you say I am a sinner, you give me armor and weapons against yourself so that I can cut your throat with your own sword and tread you under my feet for Christ died for sinners. Moreover, you yourself preach God's glory to me. For you remind me of God's fatherly love toward me, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And whenever you object that I am a sinner, you remind me of the benefit of Christ, my Redeemer. It is on his shoulders, not mine, that all my sins lie. So when you say I am a sinner, you do not terrify me, Satan, but you comfort me immeasurably. No wonder Paul says, this is my only boast. And no wonder this is Good Friday. Do you understand that? Do you see it? I want to show you a video. And I want to give you the big picture. Moms and dads, don't worry. I'm not going to show you anything graphic. I, well, I want you to see something in pictorial form to help you see why today is a day that's good and why today is a day that Paul would look back on and say, I boast in that. Watch this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created us. What can be known about God is plain to us because God has shown it to us. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So we are without excuse. Although we know God, 
we do not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but have become futile in our thinking and our foolish hearts are darkened. Claiming to be wise, we have become fools and have exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man. We have committed two evils. We've forsaken God, the fountain of living waters, and we've dug wells for ourselves, broken wells that can hold no water. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. Everyone does what is right in their own eyes. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together we have become worthless, having no hope, and without God in the world. We fade like a leaf, and our sins, like the wind, take us away. We have all become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. By works of the law, no one will be justified in God's sight. So the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of humanity. Because of our stubborn and unrepentant hearts, we are storing up wrath for ourselves on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life in this is love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the wrath absorbing sacrifice for our sins Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the radiance of his glory, the exact imprint of his nature, who upholds the universe with the word of his power. He is the holy and righteous one, the author of life, the Lord of glory, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the word become flesh, God with us.
was wounded for our rebellion and crushed for our sins because the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And so God made him who knew no sin to become sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried. And he was raised on the third day, just as the scripture said. And after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now the righteousness of God has been revealed, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, these things have been spoken so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. For the Lord Himself has said, Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. That's the Gospel. That's what makes it such good news. Have you believed that gospel? That isn't, those are not images to be worshipped. That is a message to be believed. And you've heard it as plain as I can give it to you. Have you put your faith, have you put your trust, have you believed in Jesus to save you from your sins so that you can say with Paul, this is my only boast. I want to invite you to do that today. Maybe you're here and maybe 
Maybe you've heard the gospel. Maybe this is a time of year when you sort of make your way back into church. Or maybe you go to church all the time and just realize, I've, I've believed a false gospel, a truncated gospel. Something that just said, Jesus is going to make my life better. I didn't realize who I really was. I didn't realize what I was really being saved from. And I want to offer you that opportunity today that you would say yes to Jesus and boast in the cross and what Jesus Christ has done for you. And if that's you, I want you to do me a favor. In the seat back in front of you, there's this card we call our connection card. I'd love for you to grab one of these and just fill it out as, as much as you can. And down here at the bottom, it says, I want to be a follower of Jesus. And just check that box. It doesn't save you. What saves you is your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ. Saying you recognize, man, I, I can't save myself. I, I can't get rid of my sin. I'm never going to be good enough. Listen, there's nothing you can do that will ever make God say to you, you don't need the cross. You're the exception. Never. The cross would become our boast. The greatest thing that ever happened to us. Believe on Jesus Christ and be saved. And so take this, check that box, and do me a favor, walk it out to our black info tent outside and just hand it to one of our volunteers. And we want to help you as you begin this journey of walking with Jesus. We're going to partake of the Lord's Supper. And what are we doing? We are, we are, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. We're saying, thank you to Jesus. This is what Jesus did for me. And so we glory. We actually take these elements that represent body and blood. And they're consecrated. And we say, God, thank you for what you've done. Like, thank you for the cross. I boast in the cross. I, I would not be who I am without the cross. I, I would be unforgiven. I would be subject to your judgment I would be under your wrath. I would be without God in this present world. But because of Jesus Christ and because of the cross, I'm forgiven. I'm an object of mercy. I'm your child. My sin is gone. It's been paid for once for all. We could go on and on. I have breath in my lungs. You are being good to me. And, and this is an indication you will be good to me now for eternity. And we say thank you. And we worship and we praise him. So the ushers are going to come. They're going to pass out the elements of the Lord's Supper here in a moment. And I invite you to participate. Listen, if you have believed on this gospel, you've believed this message, this, this, this freedom from your sin because of what Christ has done for you in your place, on your behalf, this great exchange has actually happened. You, you got his mercy. You got everything Christ deserved and he got everything you deserve by hanging on a cross. If that's you and you said yes to that and I believe that and I believe that's the only thing that can make me right with God, I invite you to participate. But if it's not, and you haven't made that decision, you're not ready to make that decision, please let the elements pass. This is a sacred moment for us as a church, for those who have actually partaken and have believed on this gospel. But if it's you, please join in and let's celebrate and say thank you to God. We'll sing one more song as we do that and then we'll be on our way, okay?
bow your heads and pray. Father, so we thank you and we thank you for the truth, the gospel, and we thank you that because of the cross of Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven. We don't have to be facing condemnation and judgment. We now face mercy and forgiveness and grace and goodness and now today can be Good Friday because of what Christ has accomplished for us. And I pray now that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you might move in hearts in this room. God, that there would be people who would would repent of their sin, would turn away from that and put their faith in Jesus Christ, even right now as I'm praying. And they would know your mercy. They'd know your forgiveness. They'd know the joy, God, the emptiness that they have been lacking, God, where they've, they've looked and they've tried to fill up with broken cisterns, tried to slake their thirst with wells that hold no water. God, today they would come to you, Jesus, the fountain of living water, and finally have thirst of their soul satisfied. Do that today, I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for our sins in our place. We love you. We worship you. We glorify you. And we boast in what you've done for us. And we ask all this, Jesus, in your name. And everybody said, amen, amen. I love you guys. Let's worship the Lord together.